welcome to episode 363 of the Parkrun Adventures podcast, a podcast about life, if your life is all about Parkrun. I am Melissa Ellis and I'm coming to you from Wurundjeri country. And I am Ollie Spake and I am joining from Dullarwal country after a bit of a break. Ollie, I haven't spoken to you for so long. It feels like it's been quite a while, Mel. How are you? It's been a month. Yes. Yes. I'm good. I'm good. But don't ask me about my day. I've had a day, Ollie. You've had a day. I've had a day. Oh, my goodness. Do not like having to bath the dog before I go to work in the morning. (laughs) Well, it's nice to start the day fresh, but I'm sure it wasn't the proactive approach that you were aiming for. (laughs) I've got, yeah, I've got escaping Pomeraniums in this house. She is not liking the very stormy, thundery weather we're having, very humid and unsettled skies here. And for some reason, for the first time in five years, she's escaping. She's had three baths in 12 days, all (sighs) due to her trying to dig under different points in my backyard. Wow. Oh, sounds like a bit of a testing Monday, Mel. Um, (laughs) But hopefully it's a calm night and everyone's a bit more... Uh, rested and relaxed. I know. What am I going to do with her? Like, this is the problem. I didn't, I don't know how to, I've tried to block all the exit points. Yep. I've been lugging concrete slabs around my backyard. <laughs> the joys of being a single mum only got myself to fix uh, the problem. <laughs> so yeah. I've got all these concrete slabs trying to block the places where she's digging mm. and um, so she actually like scurried down the side of the shed. There's this tiny little gap between the side of the shed and the fence line. So yep. I've tried to block that up with big blocks of concrete too. We'll, I'll let you know in the future how successful I've been and whether I still have a Pomeranium in the weeks to come. <laughs> Get some chicken wire and run it all around the base everywhere. But, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Yeah, no, I, I didn't have a lot of time tonight. I'm like, that's why we've actually delayed the start of the recording because I was out in the backyard trying to dog-proof my um, perimeter. Well, some things must come first, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so thank you for accommodating me. And um, can we know how you've been going and are you well? well? Ah, well, it has some um, – yeah, it, it, it feels like I've, I've just – yeah, been away. It's been nice to listen to the pod, and and great as always to listen to yourself and to um and to Simon and to Talk as well. Um, and thank you in particular to for you and Talk for stepping in as I was sick. Um, yeah, I've, I mean I've, I've I've been to Tassie and 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 I've been back and I uh, I went to Collingwood too, Mel. I went to Collingwood. Hooray! Another excuse <laughs> to put the music in. <laughs> Sorry, Talk. But, uh, yeah, came back and, um, yeah, look, I, I think I was a bit run down. So I, I have I have been a bit unhealthy. Um, the spicy cough did get to me and, um, yeah, the, the lung capacity has been pretty low and the, the tiredness factor pretty high. Um, but that's enough me whinging. I'm fine. I'm doing well. Looking forward to Christmas and I've got loads of, you know, excited um, Christmas events and, and, yeah, absolutely pumped children i've got one daughter who refuses to take off her uh, reimagined koala ugly christmas singlet so um yeah things are pretty good considering now tell me well firstly congratulations on your point to pinnacle oh thank you but how did i go with pronouncing kananye <laughs> i i did listen and um i did enjoy your pronunciation now i i'm not an expert i uh, i really don't know. I believe it to be Kananyi. Uh, that's me trying to say the Y at the end in the last syllable there, but um, Kananyi. But uh, Kananye sounds uh, just <laughs> highly appropriate for, for my tastes. It sounds like kick yay, doesn't yeah, exactly. it? Kick, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's appropriate. Okay, yeah. well, we'll just, we'll just change it. <laughs> but it was it was a wonderful time. Um, yeah, I wasn't wasn't in great shape and and uh, didn't help my cause by going hiking in um, 
well, on, on Kananye, uh, the day before as well with my brother and, uh, and the day before that, traipsing down to the Hearts Mountains down on, uh, I think it's Melakudi country, um, and uh, enjoying a, a hike down there too. So uh, I was pretty worn out and, um, yeah, it was really just the, the thrill and the excitement of the event once again to, um, to carry me up. Well done, you. Thank you. Thank you. It was nice to see some familiar faces. I didn't see some of our adventurers there, but fortunately they showed up at Shell Harbour later in the month. Ah, I was going to ask, did you see Andrew and Martin? No, no, somehow missed them. Yeah, somehow we missed one another. I did, however, have two fellow Shell Harbour park runners um, uh, also running, so we managed to find each other several times heading up the mountain, and I think my highlight was, was finishing... Finishing the last kilometre or so with one of the lead um, people from the Brain Cancer Centre because, of course, you know, I was part of the, the Carrie's Beanies for Brain Cancer Foundation fundraising team and, um, yeah, one, one of the key people from the foundation was doing their first half marathon, I believe, and, and she'd done a bit of training but uh, not, not too many hills and, um, yeah, getting to finish with someone like that was, was pretty special. Um, and um, just a huge boost to see the fundraising effort hit half a million dollars as well, which goes a long way to giving people certainty, people like that, giving them a, an annual income and meaning that the research can be planned longer term. So um, always something that, that gets me well and truly passionate about um, participating. And, Mel, the, the other highlight there was um, got to run and, and meet Ned Brockman, um, who... I've obviously been living under a rock, but um, f for, for those who don't know, Ned um, recently, he ran across Australia oh, to, to okay. raise money and he spent, oh, it was 50-odd um, days um, running almost 100 k's a day. Yeah, this is ringing a bell. Yeah, yeah. The name didn't jump out at me when you said it. I'm sitting there thinking Ned Brockman, Ned Brockman. Ned Brockman, no. <laughs> but, um, okay. Yes, yeah. He's, he's a bit of an energiser bunny. He, he can do anything, absolutely. Is he ex-military or ex-police? No, he's like an ex-Sparky, actually. Um, oh, Ex-Sparky right. from uh, the west of New South Wales and uh, I think he's West's only in his best. early to mid-20s and, yeah, he um, – I think his mantra to life is uh, if he's alive and he can do it, then he's going to do it. So, uh, yeah. You were meeting all the celebs. Ollie, well done and and good on you for supporting such a good cause too of uh, Carrie's Beanies for Brain Cancer. But can I just ask, did you also spruik park run and spread the gospel? Absolutely, yes. Good on you. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I'm sorry to say that I didn't. Didn't record any roving reports, but, yeah, I did take the opportunity to, to spruik park run. I, I've almost managed to sign up my younger brother um, to send him off to Queen's Domain. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how he goes in that respect. You didn't but. even post in Dazzers. You had one job. <laughs> I, did, I did eventually do a post. I think Kingston. I eventually managed one. Yes. Yeah. Did you? I think I did at some that point. That somehow escaped me. Maybe you forgot to press send. <laughs> but well, maybe I did. But I, uh, I did appreciate the call out. And, um, yes, it was nice to tick off rather quietly the half cow. And um, Yes. Yes. Yeah, very subdued morning, that one, before more hiking. But very nice to, to finally make it there after my misadventure the month before. Did they do a call out and did you put your hand up and go, Shell Harbour? Uh, yes, yes, I did. <laughs> yes. Cool. <laughs> Always have to represent. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but uh, I think that's me caught up. I'm not sure there's anything else to report there, Mel. Um, dropped all the all the important things like, like Collingwood. Um Good. Now, did, does, is Lily actually living in Collingwood or no, just close no, by or you just drove no. through? Yeah, I drove down to, to Collingwood to try and get some hardware items because I was down in Melbourne. I had an adventure to Melbourne, a one-day adventure, and didn't involve a park run. So it was um, yeah, oh. had me reflecting. But nonetheless, um, yeah, she's not all that far from Collingwood, let's say about 10 minutes' drive. Mm, mm. Hooray. Mm. <laughs> 
But um, you had an actual parkrun adventure. I did. I understand. And um, it may have been interstate. So, um, it was. Yeah. Where did you go, Mel? What did you do? Well, I was at event 452 of Campbelltown Park Run in New South Wales on the lands of the Darrawal people, which you're familiar with, yes. uh, with 142 participants and five fellow adventurers being Lee Cabarita, that's her poor name, Sally McLaughlin, Bianca Torts, Charlene Harrison and Uber driver Chris Fraser. Campbelltown is an out and back course which starts and ends at the Raby Sports Complex doing a lap of the green ovals before heading out along the Bunbury Curran Creek Trail which navigates you through a couple of tunnels before the turnaround which was clearly marked on the cement with paint. Mm. The course runs entirely on concrete path until a very short grassed finish funnel and the event team is one of the friendliest you will come across. I did a little Google of the Raby Sports Complex to identify which sports are enjoyed there and I discovered it to be one of the largest sporting facilities in the region, catering to local and regional cricket. The Campbelltown government website also states that the complex plays host to Campbelltown Park Run. They used a capital P, but we will forgive them. We found a lovely local park runner, Cheryl Perrin, as we emerged from the car park, looking around for the start area, who cheerfully directed us towards the briefing spot, inquiring into our reason for visiting and where we were from, introducing us to hubby Tony, who was volunteering, I believe, as timekeeper. Now, 142 participants is very close to the Dunbar number of 100. 50, the sweet spot for parkrun participation, mm. and this was evident in the general vibe. Obviously, the locals all knew each other and were curious about the six adventurers in their brightly coloured shirts. We happily explained about the podcast and ugly Christmas shirts and even got a little shout-out from the RD in the run brief. I spoke to one interestingly dressed parkrunner after the event, which we will hear a bit later on, and I should also mention the warm conditions. Mm. Sydney was experiencing a heat wave. Yes. With temperatures peaking around 2pm and reaching a staggering 43.6 before beginning to fall. This meant we were very pleased with the 7am start, which likely bolstered the numbers at Campbelltown with runners looking to beat the heat. We escaped to the nearby Eagle Vale Marketplace for coffee in the air-conditioned cafe before we bid goodbye to the girls. I should say how lovely it was to catch up with Lee and Sally, who we spent time with at Palm, plus Bianca and Charlene. The girls travelled an hour in Charlene's minivan to meet us for a front, which was very much appreciated. Now, Ollie, um, I did also make a note of the Dunbar number for yes. those who might not be familiar with the term. So... Uh, what I found on the internet when I did a little Google was the Oxford evolutionary psychologist Robin Dunbar is best known for his namesake Dunbar number, which he defines as the number of stable relationships people are cognitively able to maintain at once. The proposed number is 150. There we go. Well, thank you, Mel. Always insightful. <laughs> Every day's a school day. <laughs> and you are quite right about that heat. It was a particularly scorching morning, that one. Um, but might I ask, um, it's a wonderful park run, great community there, but why Campbelltown? Oh, <laughs> yes, the girls did wonder that too, Ollie. Well, I was looking to pick up a Rayfarer event, which is the term for the events that fall within the boundaries of Greater Sydney, I believe. Mm -hmm. And also it is an I-Index event. So it is within one of the first 100 events to launch in Australia. Yeah. So sorry, not sorry. <laughs> but also excitingly, if you if you head over to the Campbelltown Park Run Facebook page, we are cover girls. You are. You absolutely are. And us girls were all wearing different uh, versions of the Ugly Christmas singlet. There was myself in the budgies and a couple, Lee and I think Bianca in the reimagined original one from last year. Um, Charlene was wearing the original quality and Sally had on the platypus Christmas tree one. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, there's a real tinsel. 
It was. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. So we did stand out a little bit in our uh, colourful clothing. Yeah. And and I was going to mention, um, and I can't recall whether or not he may have been run director on Parkrun Morning, but Bob Prentice, um, yeah, has been an absolute, yeah, wonderful supporter to Parkrun and, and um, yeah, key to the success of Campbelltown Parkrun, of course, for the rest of the community. But, um, yes, I, I trust that Bob looked after you all well. Yes. My little um, West brethren out there in Western Sydney. Yes. So West is best. West is best. There's a, there's a nice segue there, Mel, as uh, in news and discussion, uh, acknowledging, of course, last week's episode being West is best. Um, there was a bit of feedback there with Michael George. Um uh, writing uh, a comment there saying you were spot on about the havoc caused to UK parkrun events by the freezing weather last weekend. My home parkrun did go ahead, but many of our neighbours in the north of England were forced to cancel. By the way, 800-plus events in the UK, so not 600. Um, so a huge huh. impact. <laughs> <laughs> It's good to get it's good to get that feedback and those updates and yeah there was some I, I was enjoying the reasons for cancellations but um, obviously hope that everyone is safe and and able to enjoy their park runs again by now. Yes, yeah, that's just crazy, isn't it? The UK is always the opposite weather conditions to us. Yep. But Ollie, in other news. I got tipped off by fellow adventurer Adrian Hilliar with a link to the new Parkrun Pandora. Now, this has just appeared in the UK shop or the global shop. I'm not sure what the right termination termination <laughs> terminology is. Yes. But anyway, it's called Notch and its description is, Celebrate your parkrun milestones and your passion for parkrun with a notch bracelet or key loop featuring engraved notches that tell your story. A quick glance at your wrist reminds you of everything you've achieved. Stylish, robust, and in a range of colours and materials. Notch is perfect for the office, gym, training, chilling, or going out-out. Now, uh, I've had a little look mm. at uh, the website. It is very much sort of Pandora-ish where you have a little bracelet which you can put little beads on. Mm. Obviously, the beads are parkrun themed. You can, it appears, personalised one with your home event. Mm -hmm. You can have your barcode on one. You can buy a, a bead for every country that you've visited. And there are, of course, milestones being both running and volunteering. Yeah. So... I mean, naturally, there are a lot of options there, Mel, and, and particularly challenging if, if you do want to add a notch for each event you visit and expensive uh, as well, I would imagine. But uh, once you, you start adding up um, all the events that our adventurers have made it to, but, um, yeah, that, that looks quite nice. Yeah. I think, Ollie, I think you'd only get, like, for personalising your event, mm. that you'd get your home park run, wouldn't you? I certainly would. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. I think you would for the for the personalised one yes. and like your barcode. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I quite like the idea. I do not need another bracelet. No. I do have multiple Pandora bracelets. So it, I, I am a fan of the concept mm. and I'm pretty sure they'll do well. Yeah, I do think so. So, um, yeah, thanks for the tip off, Adrian. And... Yeah, well, would you say just in time for Christmas? Maybe, maybe just a little bit too late, but... Um, I don't think Santa can get it no. to us in time. I wouldn't think, no. Yeah, never mind. Uh, meanwhile, across at the Aussie Parkrun Tourism page, I should say, um, a post from David French. So, look, there have been a few running events happening around the traps of late and um, this particular one in the snowies. So David said at Jindabyne for the Ultra Trail Cozy Series, did 27 kilometres and fronted for Jindabyne Parkrun. Friend David came with me, first parkrun ever. Very friendly organisers and what about the guy that just finished 169 kilometres trail and came to parkrun straight after? Wow. <laughs> I had a little look at the results of Jindabyne Parkrun. I just thought maybe the maybe a name would, you know, of mm. a trail runner, a park runner might pop out 
there was no Tony O'Connell in the results. So, <laughs> um, so no name did pop out to me. But I thought we'd mention this, Ollie, because yeah. if anybody out there knows who that crazy park runner was, I actually almost thought it might have been the running guy, you know, the mm, Insta mm, mm. running guy. Um, but I didn't. His name didn't pop out at me either. So um, I really want to know who it was. So if you know anybody out there knows, could you um, drop us a line or comment somewhere mm, so mm. we can find out who the crazy park runner person is? But yeah, they're getting very good numbers out there at Ginderbine too with their relaunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great to see. Um, good to see them back there. Um, and uh, I am slightly distracted because I am. <laughs> simultaneously uh, trawling through the results. Um, <laughs> Good. You can tell me how many people are at Ginderbine and that saves me Googling. <laughs> well, there's, an, there's another familiar name in the results there, um, one Stephen Jackson. I know. I saw that. I, I did wonder if it was, <laughs> but I don't think he runs that distance. No, no, no. And uh, also not with the right home park run stats there. So, uh, yeah, not not the same, but it did, it did make me look twice. <laughs> but, Mel, um, speaking of looking twice, let's revisit something that we were talking about just a little earlier. You, you did allude to having a bit of audio from your visit to Campbelltown. So uh, I think it's time we, we catch up with your roving report from Campbelltown Parkrun. Finish line, and I have found Billy. Billy celebrated his 250th milestone today. Good morning, Billy. Morning. How are you going? Good. Congratulations on your 250th. Cheers for that. Thank you. Now, um, you dress quite uniquely this morning. Would you like to tell the listeners uh, about your attire? I got a I got a fancy pantsy green dress. <laughs> <laughs> it's very tight fitting, and there's a lot of sweat. How was it to run in? Hot. Hot. And uh, did you choose green because it's the 250 colour? Yes, that's yes. right, yep. Excellent. Now tell me, uh, is this what you would wear on a normal week? Nah, <laughs> nah, nah. Nah, usually in the uh, Town jogger shirt, and but I've got the visor and the buff okay. UTA 50. Oh, I see, yeah. a UTA Oh, that's a 21, runner. that's a that's a 50 finisher. Oh, so you're a bit of an yeah. ultra runner. Yeah, yeah, ultra trail. Yep. So tell me about, um, you like to, I got told you like to wear a tutu as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when the TT runs on. Yeah, a bit yeah. of fun, like to yeah. make people laugh. Yeah, just a bit of fun. That's all what right. it's mainly all about. That's it. So yeah. how long, have, well, you've been doing parkrun for 250 events. Uh, where did you start here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, well, I'm one of those unique ones where oh, I started running when I was really young and at Kelmontown Joggers, my PB's uh, 41 minutes for 10K and people are like, really? But at the moment I'm running like, trying to get under 50 but yeah so but that was in 1992 so very long time ago uh, you do most of your runs here at Campbelltown yeah yeah I'm part of Campbelltown joggers here okay yeah 99.9 .9 of them are all here yeah. yep so we're an adventuring podcast have you ever done a different event, uh, run, park run yep where have you been oh Wagga uh, Wagga Wagga um, Studley in Melbourne Aha. Uh, you're, you're the one that knows Kane's Bridge. Yes, yes. <laughs> a lot of bounce in that bridge. There is. Um, yeah, and a lot of the local ones. Done the beaches in Newey, oh, Newcastle. Good, great, great yep. event. Yep, yep. Get your yep. feet wet. Uh, I can't remember all the rest of them now. Okay, so how was your run today? Was good? You happy with your run? Hot. Nah, nah, rubbish. <laughs> trying, to, trying, to get me, trying to get some fitness back into me again. Nah, After right. a little bit of holidays. Yeah. Alrighty, well, thanks for talking with me today and congratulations again. Too easy, thank you. And Billy, well, he really was a bit of a character. And he, what he didn't mention, Ollie, in the audio was that he'd been dared to wear a dress. And if he had, if he went ahead with wearing running, in a dress at Park Run, he was promised a free brunch. So Billy was very pleased with himself that he was getting a free brunch after uh, Park Run. So <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it, Billy. It was lovely to meet you. Yes, yes, very well done and well earned. Yes. Ah, but um, 
In the absence of any emails, Mel, I think it's time to go straight to Dazzits. Yep. So, this week, Dazza said, Tuesday was International Volunteer Day. Dazza loves volunteers. And we all love how dedicated to volunteering our listeners are. Thank you all for your contributions to Parkrun. How was your morning? And first of all, we heard from Greg Garner, who was over in New Zealand, Ollie, and he said a lot of firsts this morning at Queenstown Parkrun. First overseas Parkrun, first New Zealand Parkrun, first Q. Made sure I thanked all the volunteers because without the volunteers, this and all the other Parkruns can't go ahead. And we had a photo of Greg in his adventurous shirt in the selfie frame. Well done. We also heard from Ian Lydia Knox up in Queensland saying, no volunteering this morning, but yay, next Saturday volunteering. Koala posed with ugly koala this morning at Kira Park Run. That's almost a koala-fied frond. And uh, yes, um, doing that justice was the photo of one of the lovely koalas there and, um, and another koala that was a little more ugly and a Park Run shirt. I think that Kira Koala is called Splash. I Splash. Think. Yes. Yes. That's it. And, and Yeah. And the style suits. Yes. Hmm. We also heard from Brendan Scholary, who was in Queensland as well. And he said, volunteered this morning at the OG after doing pre-event course check. Park walked with Dad from Minipi and my auntie, who was a first-timer from Surface Paradise, before refreshments at Southport Surf Life Saving... Club. 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 And Brendan shared a photo of himself with John and the newest member of the family in the Park Run ranks with selfie frame and Park Walker vests. Yes. Now, Mel, we also heard from Val Warwick, who on this occasion was in Victoria and said, Greatest state. <laughs> Can you imagine, <laughs> Dazza, just how excited this old duck was to come out of the toilet at Studley to find Jackie and Toc? I was so excited that our landlady had extended our departure time to midday and that we could breakfast at the boathouse with them, Dan and Alicia. All the best, Toc and Alicia, for your ultra and buller tomorrow. And there was even more excitement for me when Jodie Maisie sent me a pic of my brother and sister-in-law with a frond at Southern Highlands Botanical Gardens. Definitely a good day where it rained during the briefing and breakfast, but not during park run. After yesterday's heat, it's now cold in Melbourne and so a nice warm hot chocolate would be appreciated. Thanks, Dazza. And Val shared the photo at the Sudley Boathouse of herself, Steve, Dan, Alicia, Tok and Jackie. Very good. And uh, poor old Val and Steve had a cancelled flight on Saturday evening. They weren't able to get home until, no, I think it was Sunday. It was It was no? Sunday night. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, so <laughs> I guess, yeah, the, the, the retrospective, um, looking back at the comments with the, the misadventures that followed, but uh, I'm glad Saturday morning was a great time and a great day. Yes. And um, also well done to Tok and Alicia for their efforts at Buller. Yes. Now, we also heard from Georgina Devine coming to us from New South Wales. Saved my energy for a swim instead by taking the easiest volley roll at the beaches today and arguably also the role that receives the highest amount of praise, sitting in the shade of a beach umbrella and cutting the tops off Zooper Dupers. And Georgina shared a couple of photos with us, a view from her volley position on the beach and the esky of Zooper Dupers. And that was, of course, at the beaches. It was at the beaches, yeah, 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 that would have been nice. Over in the UK, Bernadette Bennett reported in saying the volunteers were worth their weight in gold today at Thorpe Perrow Parkrun in North Yorkshire as we soft Aussies battled five tough kilometres of cold, rain, mud and puddles. And uh, Bernadette shared the evidence there of some very wet looking shoes in the mud it was you could hardly see the shoes it was just like <laughs> feet and mud <laughs> now we also heard from kathy mudge who was also coming to us from new south wales and she said made our dog harley his very own milestone shirt out of my daughter's old one 
He loves parkrun and now he can fit right in. And there was a photo of Harley in a white Junior 10 Milestone shirt and I looked up where they park ran and it was also at the beaches. At the beaches, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I think uh, you know, this is about the time of year where we start throwing in a few predictions for the future. So there's... There's an interesting thought in that one. So uh, thank you for sharing. And, and Harley looked fantastic. Now, moving on, David O'Brien, who was at sea and said, Ollie inspired Parkrun Morning Freedom Run on the Pacific Explorer. 10 times 500 metre laps of deck seven, <laughs> plus around three kilometres of ship moving, dodging passengers, shuffleboard players and watching dolphins keeping pace on the starboard side and um provided was the uh was the evidence there of an eight point something i can't recall quite what the distance was five kilometer freedom run uh well done david we need a colloquial term for that mm. i reckon he's done a shippy a shippy or a cedo <laughs> um yeah oh yeah a cedo yeah, cool. Anyway, we also heard from Jonathan Morgan coming to us from South Australia. He said, volunteering at a wet and windy Thondon Junior Park Run and shared a photo of the Junior Volley crew with their brollies and the Junior Park Run flags. Thank you for volunteering on a wet Sunday morning so the kids could enjoy their park run. Absolutely. And over in the west, on the west side in WA, Andrew Yeatman saying... Old farts do Tamworth Wetlands Park Run. Alan Raven, Franz Carroll, Kev Murphy, and Nick Swallow. Rare week where WA leading Windexer Alan wasn't able to add to his 185 index. Boo hoo! <laughs> Volunteer 129, location 32 for me as photographer. And the photo there was of the old farts, self proclaimed, with the selfie frame. <laughs> Old farts and old ducks, Ollie. There's a pod title. <laughs> I'm just going to write it down. <laughs> well, I'm sure whoever's in our pod episode picture will appreciate that title. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, what have I done? <laughs> I, I believe. I believe. Um, as the male co-host of the pod, I have the envelope. <laughs> Yes, this is the new rule. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Please do the honours. Okay. And the Obi this week goes too. Jonathan Morgan. Thanks for to Jonathan and the team for keeping everything going for the juniors, as we said, um, despite the elements and uh, looking pretty pretty fab in doing so, uh, that bunch of volunteers there. Yes, and we'll use any opportunity we can to give a shout-out to Junior Park Run. Absolutely. Hooray. But thank you, everyone, for sharing with us your Park Run adventures and uh, volunteering contributions and all the other wonderful milestones at Daz's. Uh, stay tuned for a bit more of an update when we get to the Consolidated Club report. But right now, Mel, I think it's time for Club Corner, so let's pause and have a listen. This is Rachel with Club Corner, where we talk about the what and why of parkrun clubs, and I am coming to you from Aranda Country. Today I'm going to loop back and talk about designing a parkrun course. There are a few key tenets when designing a parkrun course, and excuse us while we go deep with some parkrun naff. The basics of parkrun, all 5k parkrun courses are 5 kilometers in length, and junior parkrun are 2 kilometers. There are core restrictions with parkrun course design, noting that these restrictions have evolved in the decade plus of parkrun, and are still evolving, so some legacy events are grandfathered in with their existing courses, and others are asked to redesign. Today we are talking about 5k parkrun, and the core requirements for a 5k parkrun are that there are no roads, no driveways, no car parks, are you noticing a theme here, the desire from parkrun for no vehicular impacts, no pun intended, next to the nice-to-haves, typically based around facilities, like having access to toilets, to bubblers, aka drinking fountains, and to have sufficient car parking and or public transport. Ideally there is a local population within walking distance. 
Event design needs to take into consideration the start and finish area especially, as well as choke points on course. The course design also needs to take likely participant numbers into account, and different types of courses can cope with participant numbers differently. E.g. participant volume for a single lap course is much higher than an out-and-back or multi-lap course. As well, course design has volunteer impacts, e.g. a course with branching paths needs marking each week, or a marshal. Course setup should be replicable and as quick as possible. It is very draining on an event team to be spending 30 to 60 minutes each week setting up cones, plus picking them all up. You need bags or trolleys to carry the gear, plus has different requirements of the tailwalker, if they are picking things up as they go, and for equipment storage. Not all events have access to local storage, and as such gear needs to get in and out of vehicles, and people have different vehicle capacities. Prospective event teams get assistance from a variety of parties, including their core team, local ambassadors, neighboring events, and experienced park runners. And we thank those volunteers helping shepherd new events into the fold. The second last step in course design before submission to Parkrun World HQ is measuring the prospective course with a wheel, as we all know that GPS watches are indicative only and cannot be relied upon for exact measurements, especially if the course has any bends or turnarounds and tree cover. This is also a great opportunity to make a map of the course, as a Strava record can be exported into Google Maps, the format required for an event page. The final step in contemporary course design is taking a full walkthrough video. It's better for World HQ than reviewing a map in isolation. It allows everyone to be on the same page as far as possible risks and course impingements. When everything is in place, event teams typically host a number of trial events, which are held on course, but perhaps at non-park run time. These trials are exactly like a regular park run, but results are not official and so do not increase a participant's event count. There is a test result processing system where teams can practice loading results, and there you have it, course design from thought to practice. And remember, in parkrun life, all non-milestone clubs are unofficial and unsupported by parkrun, so stay tuned for our future club corners. And how good is it to have Rachel back, giving us the lowdown on the thoughts behind course designing. There's so much to consider, Ollie, and uh, it, it is a big effort for events to get the course approval these days and tick all those boxes. Yes, yeah, it certainly is. And I'll, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the launches in a short while, but I was reading with interest some of those course descriptions and, uh, and reflecting on that. Absolutely. But for now, Mel, very interested to hear, how is the Adventurers Club going? Well, the Adventurers Consolidated Club report for Saturday the 9th of December 2023. Of a total of 519 members, 409 took part on this date in nine countries across 216 locations. We are growing and we've exceeded our little goal of 500 for the year. Hooray! Now, in the UK, there are adventures at 32 events. That's an all-time high, I think, for the UK. In America, there were three, two in South Africa, one in Germany, Italy, Singapore, and Sweden. Locally, we had adventurers at 47 events in the greatest state, 45 events in Kingsland, 42 in New South Wales, 11 in South Australia, 10 on the west side, 6 on the North Island, 5 in Tassie, 4 in the ACT, 3 on the South Island, 2 in the Northern Tree, and that is a bowling strike. Oh, a great performance. Well, and um, yes, internationally, um, we had our largest front over in Darlington South Park in the UK, and that front consisted of Helen and Andy Rutter and Claire Vinizic. Uh, locally, we did have a front of seven at three events, and uh, there's some familiar events here, but uh, our front at the Southern Highlands Botanic Gardens uh, was the was the noteworthy one there, including Beck Bailey, Billow, the office lady, her Luke, and Asher, sporting a, a wonderful adventurous shirt, I might say, Jodie Maisie, and Brendan Peel. Uh, we also had, not to be missed out, of course, fronds of seven at the ponds and Shell Harbour. We did have front of six at two events, and we've heard about Campbelltown, all of the fun there, and also at Kakarook and a front of five at two events, including Ginandera and Studley. Adventurer PBs. There was Louise Murphy, 
A455-8187 who ran a PB at Warren Country Armco of 24 minutes, one second. Congratulations, Louise. Now, Adventure Milestones, we had Haley. oh, I forgot how you told me to say it, Ollie Bowyer. Boya. Boya. Mm. Boya. Haley Boya. Sorry. Haley A2928404 ran her 50th milestone at Ipswich. We had Simon Ruse A2173087 ran his 100th milestone at Kaki Parky. We had Johan Duvenhage A1351758 ran his 250th milestone at Durbanville. Now, Johan even came to Dazza's and said, much appreciation to the volunteers at Durbanville Park Run, South Africa, for making my 250th milestone run a pleasure and for friends from near and far joining me. Also, Johan shared a photo with me today uh, on private messenger, but it was of a coffee mug that he must have received, I would say, as a gift from one of his friends, and it's got a photo of himself on it. Um, and 250 as well, so signifying his milestone. Congratulations. Uh, but we also had Karen Hurrell, a 3672068, ran her 250 milestone as well at Hague Woodland. And Karen also popped into Dazza's and said, very wet, even though I wore a waterproof over it. So congratulations, everybody. Yes. Yeah, yeah, some very impressive milestones, um, a big congratulations. But, uh, Mel, we do have someone else who has been a long supporter of the podcast and member of the Channel 5 News crew, uh, also who reached a 250th milestone at the weekend at the one and only Mount Barker Park Run, which was, of course, the host location of Palm 2020. Um, and that was a 215-8063 PK himself, who um, notched up the 250 and was um, well and truly cheered across uh, that milestone by the crew at Mount Barker. And um, and I understand that he is also closing in on the 100 volunteer spots. So uh, well done, PK. Congratulations, PK, but you need to join the Adventurers Club. <laughs> yeah, otherwise it's a bit more work for us. But... <laughs> Of course, everyone, remember, if you would like us to track these achievements, you can add the Adventurers Club as one of your five affiliations on your parkrun profile. It's easy, but if it's not as easy as we make it out to be, just sing out, send us an email or a message and we'll do our best to help you along. And uh, I think, you know, we... We've always uh, benefited from great support and, and another one of those long-standing supporters of the podcast has, of course, been the informant. And we might not hear from the informant, but there's a reminder that you can, of course, still access all the stats from the informant um, midweek um, for Parkrun Day just gone. So if you'd like to track your stats via The Informant, check out www.theinformant.me for all the stats. Now, moving along to launches, Ollie. Yes. Oh, and you're up. I'm up. I'm, I'm going to read some of these out. I've saved I've saved one for you just because I, I, I know you're a fan of the West, but I'll, I'll get us started <laughs> and say okay. we had a launch over in the UK and that was Battlestead Croft. Uh, they had 114 finishes, but it seems that all of them had parkrun before. Um, Battlestead Croft is a three-lap course predominantly on gra grass around Battlestead Croft, which is the grounds of Burton Rugby Football Club, um, the start and finish both near the clubhouse. Um, note that parts of the course may be uneven and muddy, especially in the wet weather that we've heard about lately um, and close to a water course and vehicle access route, uh, noting that no dogs, unfortunately, are allowed at the event. We also had a launch, a new event over in Centennial Park, Dunsborough in WA. They had 124 finishes, 25 of which recorded their very first park run. This course initially heads south from the start-finish area and follows the path along the picturesque shores of Geograph Bay Road in Dunsborough. Um, 
It also states that after the first turnaround, you will head north and pass the start-finish area before turning around again and returning to the finish. The start-finish is adjacent to the small car park and toilet block in Centennial Park, which is only 250 metres from Dunn Bay Road and the Geograph Bay Road roundabout. Um, the course does veer off the path for a short section in front of the toilet block and around the perimeter of the car park before joining the path again. So, oh, it's a different little course description, but quite detailed. Yes, yes. Now, in South Australia, Bel Air National Park had 320 finishers, 35 of whom were recorded as first-timers. And, and this park run, Mel, um, is a an out-and-back course primarily following the birdie loop clockwise um, with a 500 meter teardrop turnaround loop uh, before before following the birdie loop again back to the finish at the start point and i should mention the start finish is located adjacent to the escape goat goat shed bike hire and cafe on the site of the old, <laughs> old bel-air golf course important to note and uh, i wish i had my um <laughs> My pronunciation right on this one, so uh, I'll just jump straight in. To assist in combating um, Phytophthora and other introduced plants, so um, hopefully someone is a botanist and knows what I'm trying to say, um, soils and seeds, parkrun participants are re required to remain on all marked trails and are strongly encouraged to clean all footwear prior to entering the park, particularly after rainfall. I would think that start of that is phyto. Like phyto, yeah. Phyto, phyto phytophthora. Yeah. Anyway, nope. someone will tell us. That's right. And last but not least, in Queensland, Palm Creek Park Run had 20 finishes. All had Park Run before, but um, this event runs along Palm Creek. It's a two-lap course on a sealed concrete surface. So uh, welcome mm. to the family, you four. Three in Australia. Yeah, yeah, we've been saving the best till last, huh? Very good. Welcome to all those new park runs. That's right. Now, looking forward, Oliver, uh, next weekend. It's a big one. Very close. I mm. shouldn't say this coming weekend. It's Ugly Christmas Singlet and Shirt Day on the 16th of December. Now, if you pop over to the Ugly Christmas Singlet and Shirt Day, there is actually an event yes. that you can click that you are going, which I think then allows you to tag yourself there, which is something I always forget to do. And then I try to go and tag myself an event, can't figure out why I can't do it. <laughs> um, but, yes, please, everybody, wear your Ugly Christmas Singlets to Park Run on Saturday. doesn't have to be this year's one. It can be previous year's. Join a tinsel, get photos, share them with us, share them with the Ugly Christmas Singlet and Shirt Day page event and, uh, yeah, hashtag the buggery out of it. That's, yeah, that's what right. I say. <laughs> do, we, do we start a hashtag of in our budgies? Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> um, also, I just wanted adventurers to know there is still Ugly Christmas Singlet visors for sale. Mm. So if you yes. go over to the most recent post on their event page you will find reference to how you can order those so there's still some left if it's not too late i think you can express post them they're not coming from um they're not coming from overseas they're just coming from the greatest state so it's very possible that you could still get one in time for christmas you're welcome it's it's going to be a big it's going to be a big weekend and uh very much excited about um asked <laughs> You're very good at those acronyms, Ollie. <laughs> but um, another reason why it's going to be a big week, Mel, is um, next week's episode will be our last for the year. Yes, just for the year, everybody. Don't panic. Yeah, yeah. didn't mean to pause there. That's just me catching my <laughs> breath um, <laughs> as we will be having a short summer break. So we will be back next week and we will be back again next year but in between there will be a bit of a break so yeah we will be recapping all of the fun from asked and um yeah uh, looking forward to the excitement towards our uh, christmas and new year park run day special days and all of the uh, the park run days in between um so uh, yeah there's a lot to look forward to there mel but um 
maybe I'm, I'm getting a bit ahead of myself and, and I should ask you, where do you plan on being ugly? Well, I've got an acronym for you, Ollie, and that's NFI. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. Can I get away with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So, yeah, I haven't scheduled next week. Um, I've got a teenager at home, so I'm not sure how far I will get. It may depend what I end up doing for the rest of the day. Yep. If I've got any exciting plans on. And, uh, yeah, I just don't know. So, yeah, yeah, I can't give you any any intel on that at this stage. But please tell me where you will be. I will be, I will be at Shell Harbour and uh, I intend on being as ugly as possible whilst run directing and uh, I will most certainly be dragging um, any of the family around who have their uglies at hand to come and join. So I am looking forward to that. Are you going to have all your buffs on all your extremities? <laughs> I'll have to pull them all out, but yes, yeah, why not? <laughs> why not? Who knows what sort of weather we'll get? We, we never can know. We might have torrential rain or we might have hot weather. I do not know. That's right, yeah. So, yes, yes, some, some parkrun fun to look forward to. But um, in the meantime, as always, everyone, you can contact us via Parkrun Adventurers on Facebook or our email, which is parkrunadventurers at gmail.com. That is it for another week and we'll see you all next week one last time this year for some more adventures 